Welcome to the Locate 852 podcast, bringing you insights on how you can build and scale your business with social platforms. Hosted by the leading Facebook ad strategist in Hong Kong, entrepreneur, branding expert, and the founder of Locate 852, Chris Chung. Mike, I appreciate you being on, brother. Uh, we've had a lot of guests on the show in the past that have found incredible success in business. However, not everyone has had such an extreme and inspiring upbringing story like yours. Take us all the way back to the beginning and give us the full unfiltered rated R details. What was your upbringing like and how were you as a child? Okay, so I came out the womb smoking a blunt. Uh, number two, no. Okay, so um, let me let me bring you way back, dude. Okay, so um, I'm about to blaze this shit right now. I'm just telling you, whoever's watching, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you exactly. How I went from zero to eight figures. Um, I'm 37 years old. I struggled uh, through my entire 20s. I was paycheck to paycheck through my entire 20s. Um, you know, been beat up, been bruised up, been kicked down, and for whatever reason, I I, I didn't quit. And now, you know, my one of my companies does over seven uh, figures a month in collections, not contract value, but in collections. So let me, let me bring you back. Um, so I was born to a 16 year old single mom in San Diego, uh, San Diego, California. I grew up in section eight housing. So in the States, I grew up on, you know, like government assistance. My mom didn't have any, any money. So the government had to pay for our housing and for our food. Both my parents did not graduate high school. Okay. So, you know, just kind of a rough start. I was very hyperactive as a kid. I uh, couldn't keep my hands off of people, couldn't, you know, pay attention to classrooms. I was, they called me ADD, OCD, hyperactive. I, I was a, you know, horrible student all through elementary school from first to sixth grade. From like fourth grade to like fifth, uh, fourth grade to about sixth grade, I had my own seat away from the class. Okay. So there's like 25 kids in the class. I had my own, Chris, I had my own cubicle like away, facing away. And, you know, I was like enclosed. Um, just things, things just didn't click. I didn't pay attention in class and, and, you know, wasn't really getting it. Wasn't liking what I was doing. I did notice I did have some talent. So back then you ever play video games growing up? Yeah, I'm sure you for did. Sure, for sure. Okay, you probably play video games now. Still a little, little bit, a little, little bit. bit. Okay. Little bit. So I used to love uh, Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter. Okay. At that age, dude, I used to know every single fighter's world, which realm they came from, their bio, their history. I knew all their moves. So like for me to have that kind of ability just to kind of retain that information, you know, more than, than most kids, that, that, to me, that's a gift. So I, I could retain information that I love and I enjoy, you know, that that's like a passion more than most people on the planet. And what fifth, age were you then? I'm uh, fourth, fifth grade. Okay. And I remember because my dad was like, if you just put, apply this to math, you'd be a straight A student by now. I, I swear I, I, all, all parents have that. All parents say the same thing. Of course, right? <laughs> I, I, you know, the songs I love, I know all the rap lyrics and all that stuff, right? So, um, I, you know, for something I'm passionate about, I can retain information way more than, than the average person, majority of people. For subjects that I'm not into at that time, it would just, it would, I couldn't grab any of it. Okay. It would just, just be a blur for me. So I go into junior high, something happens. I start getting good grades. I'm, in, I'm uh, 12, 13 years old now, or excuse me, 13, 14 years old. I'm starting to get good grades. I start making grades a game for me. So I start getting A's, mostly A's and B's. I was an athlete as well, played football. 
And then I'm moving to junior, uh, moving to high school now. I'm like 14, 15 years old. And at that time, I just wanted to be a gangster. But what, what changed between, you know, bad grades to good grades? Was it something that you just, it just switched on for you that you were like, I, I should take this seriously or, or what made you sound the, yeah, that's, that's a good question, man. Um, no one's ever really asked me that. So I feel that, um, I feel the, you, you know, in elementary school, you're there all day, six hours, one teacher here in the States, at least. And that person's up there on the podium, just talking to you. Dun, 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 dun. And that person's like serving you losses. You don't know what the hell he or she's talking about. It's just like ram, ram, ram. And you're just getting more confusion, more confusion, more confusion. So for me, getting going into junior high, having like six classes with six, you know, six different teachers, these were like new units of time. Okay, cool. We're doing math for an hour. Okay, I can do math for an hour for sure. Okay, cool. Next one, PE. Oh, dude, I can do PE for an hour. That's, that's a nice little reset. Perfect. Oh, okay. Now I'm going to go do humanities or English. I can do that. Okay, now it's lunch break. Okay, cool. So I, I believe that's what it was. You, you know what I mean? So I, I believe that was the main thing. Um, and then I I started chasing the grades. So I started getting good grades and I started making that like my hunter. So um, I, I, I go to high school, I'm playing sports and um, something kind of switched, dude, from like four, from uh, uh, 14 to 15 years old, I wanted to be a gangster. Okay, at this time I'm hanging out with all my boys it's DR, it's Gonzo, it's Ermbo, um, it's Federico, Justin T. And we were just listening to, you know, Tupac and Snoop and Death Row and, and Dr. Dre and Bone Thugs and Harmony. So we wanted to be tough guys. Okay, so everything just changes. You know, like our sport gear, our Nike shorts and our Nike fits start becoming like Dickies and Ben Davis. And we just, we're just tough fucking tough guys. We're just, we want to be tough. We want to be rough, right? Okay, so now at this time, even though I was a badass kid, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't do no drugs or anything like that. I started selling candy. I started selling candy at the age of like 13. So that's where, you know, I started uh, making money for myself. And then I had a little team where people were selling candy for me. I had people selling candy for me. They would drop off the money in my car, in my back window. Okay. Um, and were you so still I, good academically? Or not as much. Not Okay. Not as much. It dropped after I was like a B student, but in junior high, I was an A student. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a slow decline. It was a slow decline. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm selling candy, I'm playing sports, and I want to be a gangster. Okay. So you fast forward a little bit more. Here's a really cool, interesting story. I was, I was actually, let me go back. Dude, I've always, sometimes people talk to me. I, I went from Section 8 housing to becoming a, a multimillionaire. It's, it's crazy to even say that to you, okay? People ask me, they're like, when did you know? Can anybody do this? Dude, I've always been a fucking hustler. When I was five years old in the States, your tooth comes out, you get money from the tooth fairy, put the tooth under the, the pillow, get $5 from the tooth fairy. So I used to try to yank out my fucking teeth so I could get money from the tooth fairy. You see what I'm saying? I used to try to clean up around the house so I can get money. I, I used to go try to help neighbors and stuff so I can go collect cash. Okay, so then um, now we go back to like high school. I'm 15 years old and I'm trying to get a job. I would work at, you know, I was looking at for McDonald's and Burger King and, and any fast food that would take me. I filled out applications for like five different restaurants, fast food on my 16th birthday, bro. Listen to me, the day I was legal to work, I, I, I turned in my application that was already picked up weeks prior. That was already 
uh, filled out and I turned them in on the day I was eligible to work. Why? Because I wanted to get a job and I wanted to get paper. I wanted to buy a car. Okay, so these, even though I struggled, when I look back at my life, I'm like, damn, man, these are the qualities of a, these are great qualities of an entrepreneur, of a hustler, of a person that wants to make fucking money. You know, sometimes I hear parents like, all he does is play video games all that damn day. All he does is just sit in the house. So at that early age, I, there was a little bit of signs of greatness towards making paper. Okay. So I work at McDonald's. I buy my car. First car is a Geo Metro. Now I got, now I can move. We can drive my homies around the neighborhood and go do that shit we wanted to do. Um, Slow me down at any time too. So now we kind of get influenced by some older cats in the neighborhood. And they're like, dude, we're rolling. We're, we're doing licks. We're like, we're like fucking robbing people. And we're like, hell yeah, that's fucking, dude, that's, that's the business. Yeah, really? So I was never a bad dude, man. I was never a bad dude. Like I've always been very compassionate towards people. I love fucking people. That's why I do what I do today. It's like coach and mentor people. So we start doing that, man. And I, 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 I get in trouble. I get arrested. Okay. So like I'm in and out of juvenile hall. I'm walking out of high school, 18 years old with two felonies. Two fucking felonies, dude. And I was, I was never close to my mom. I have I had a lot of troubles in, in my teenage years. So it was one of those things where it's like, when you turn 18, <laughs> pack your shit, get the fuck out. So like, I'm about to exit high school. You know, my birthday's in March. I just turned 18. High school ends in June. In like three months, I'm just like, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, like, I'm not going to go to college. I don't have income. Like, what am I going to do, right? So that was kind of like my upbringing. Okay. And, and so did you want it to do, sorry, to just go right back yep. um, with, you know, from A student to then slowly becoming a B student and then trying to, you know, fit in with, with, with that gangster life. Was yep. it because of the crowd that you were hanging with or did you catch yourself slowly drifting that? Were you aware that that was sort of happening to you? It, I believe it was, I don't really believe it's the crowd I was hanging out with because I was like the dude leading the, the, the pack. I was like, <laughs> hey, listen, let's go rob some people. I, I was the guy kind of leading the pack, but I, all my friends were bad as shit, okay? I believe it was the culture. So if you go back and look at like the, night, like the late 90s and the early mm-hmm. 2000s, Go look at what Tupac's talking about. Go look at what Snoop Dogg's talking about. Go look at what Corrupt is talking about. Ice Cube. Go go look at what they're talking about. It's like gangster shit and gang banging and like fuck East Coast. This is too, like, if you look at today, the culture's different. The culture's totally different. Okay. So like uh, down South, there's a lot of minorities in San Diego, like Chula Vista, Benita. I went to the mall recently and now you see kids out there dancing. They're dancing. If you would have went down there fucking in 1999, there would have been kids out there gangbanging. Right. You kind of see what I'm saying? Because right, 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 television right. is different. The culture is different. So I, I believe that, I believe that, um, I believe it was the culture. That's what I believe. You know, also I grew up in a, in a you know, rougher neighborhood and all that stuff too. But even then, like what was hot back then? Boys in the hood, menace to society. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, American me, the blood and blood out. Scarface, you know, the culture was different. That's what I believe. Okay. Um, so that's what happened in my, in, in my, in my juvenile years. Um, I, I'm now 18 years old. I'm, I'm about to walk out of high school. My mom's friend, she gave me a blessing, dude. 
She's like, hey, listen, I have a job at the bank to be a loan officer that pays, it's like $21, $21 an hour. That's a lot of fucking money for a kid walking out of high school in 2002. I'm 37. I was like, dude, I can get my own place. I can save some money. I can pay for my groceries. She hooked me up and I started doing that. So everything that was like, what the hell am, you know, am I going to do? All that went away. You see what I'm saying? So then my house became the party house for all the homies. So I was doing that. I was doing that for a minute. Okay. It was stupid as hell too. I was working at, you know, the loan center, Washington Mutual, which, which got bought out by Chase. And I wear like my, my uh, Ralph Lauren and polo and my blazers. And then on Friday, I dress like a gangster because Friday was like casual day. It was a, it was a stupidest fucking thing, dude. And I would do it on purpose to let them know like, man, I'm a gangster at the damn bank. And I was dressed like a straight gangster. Okay. Did, did you ever get a, a caught previously with, with the stuff that you were doing beforehand, before this job? Or, or Oh, yeah. That's a good question. <laughs> I did. I did. But it was juvenile. Okay. It was juvenile. You see what I'm saying? So all that background check, it, it, they can't even check it. They can't even check it. So I was cool. Is that why you, you thought about that? Yeah. 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 I was like, bank. Then right. Chase, it, it made no then sense, right? Robbing people. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that, that's what's going on. So I'm dating this chick at this time. I'm 18 and her birthday's coming up. I've known her for a couple months and she's like, I want a dog. I want a pit bull. I was like, okay, I can get you a pit bull. So I ended up buying a pit bull. The dog's name is Baron. Okay. Um, I bought the pit bull in PB, San Diego, Pacific Beach, 350 bucks. I bought her the dog, gave her the dog. Two, three weeks later, she's living at home with her mom. Two, three weeks later, she's like, I can't keep the dog. My mom won't let me keep the dog. Dog ends up with who? You. Dog ends up with me. Okay. I fall in love with the dog, dude. This dog, was, it was the most incredible dog ever. Like, you could tell this dude, jump over a fence. You could tell this dude, jump on top of a car. You could tell this dude to hold the bone on his nose and eat it when I say go. You can, you can let him smell some deodorant, go hide it on the second floor of an apartment. He would go sniff, like sniff it out. The dog was just gifted. Okay. Remember what I told you. Third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. I knew all the uh, realms of the Mortal Kombat people. I knew their bios. I knew their moves, right? I told you that o OCD, that ADD thing, right? So now I'm working at the bank, working night shift. No one's there. There's only like five other guys. And it, it, you know, we're hanging out until 10, 11 o'clock at night. Coming at two, leave at 10, 1030. So when everyone leaves at five o'clock and I go do my lunch and I come back, I'm researching on the internet. Pitbulls for sale. Blue pitbulls, which are the popular ones. You know about the blue ones? Right. No? no? Okay. They're, you know, expensive dogs. That's actually my shirt for my first business I'm about to get into. So I start researching blue pitbulls, puppies for sale, you know, top pitbulls for sale. And I start clicking them. I was like, holy fuck, these are these are like ridiculous. These dogs are crazy. What the hell? I click in more, click, click, click. What? These dogs are like $5,000? No, no. These dogs, hold on, click, click. These dogs are $8,000? Light bulb went off, boom. I was like, if I buy a $5,000 dog and I buy another $5,000 dog and I raise them and I breed them, then I can get one puppy, two, I can get $25,000 in a freaking litter, okay? You fast forward, dude, uh, 18 months later. I'm 18 years old at that moment at the bank. You fast forward 18 months later, okay? I'm, I'm, uh, 
I'm living on a ranch, three and a half hours north of San Diego, in the mountains, and I have a barn, and I have 18 pit bulls, and I'm the top three websites on Google for blue pit bull puppies for sale. 18, 18, and I have 18 dogs. And I'm traveling the world. I'm selling dogs to NBA ballers and wealthy people. And my dog, I have fifty thousand dollar dogs in like my compound. Okay, uh, were you I, doing SEO or what was it like? <clears throat> wow. Okay, yeah. So, so I uh, first off, I, I fell in love with the dogs. Number one, I started studying all the dogs. I learned, I learned all the bloodlines. Like, who's the champion? Who's the grand champion? What's the history? What's that? And I was just this young eighteen year old dude, and I was starting networking. I started calling all these guys. A lot of the guys I spoke to were like, you know, grown ass men older than my parents. So they're like, yeah, this kid's a trip. I was just like this young teenage dude. I was like, dude, tell me about the dogs. What's the history? What's the background? Like, let's, you know, I talked, oh, you own Samson? I talked to Samson's owner yesterday. So they're, they, they kind of took like a little interest in me. Like, who the fuck is this young dude that, hey, I'll come over and, and you know, I, I can walk the dogs. I can clean up the dogs. Whatever you need, I got you. Okay. So, um, I saw the number one website, it's called, it was Mugglestones. It may still be up, Mugglestones Pitbull Farm. And I, I basically copied their website. Not copied it, but they had black background. I had black background. They had black font, or excuse me, blue font. I used blue font. They had the, the profile with the bio and you can click in and get more photos. I, I copied the whole thing. So back then, SEO was different. You could cheat right. Google. Okay, so I'll give you an example. I would have a, a, a page that's black and on the page at the bottom, I would write blue pimple puppies for sale, copy and paste that thing till literally it's thousands. And the, the text would be black and the background would be black. So, you, can so see it. you couldn't see it. But back then that was like fire. You can't do that shit now. Get, it, it's not gonna work, okay? Uh, so that was one of my things. I also had all these hidden backlinks that were public, but not on the navigation. So I'd have, you know, hundreds of pages that said puppies and blue pit bull puppies and the best. So I was, I was literally number three on Google. Well, how, how did you gain this knowledge since you were, were you into the, the dogs and then you also did this research or did you, did you get someone else to do it or? Yeah. I, okay. So I was, I was researching the top websites, but then a couple of things I, I found myself, like the black on the black thing. That was like my own, this is like 2002, dude. This was my own thing. I was like, okay, Google scans the websites and Google looks for keywords. Boom, light bulb. Let me just put this keyword a thousand times on this one page, black on black. And you can only see if you highlight it. Yeah. So that was like my own shit. Okay. But then it came out sometime later that you'll get flagged for that. Yeah. So I was literally number, like number, I peeked out a number two, uh, blue people for pu uh, puppies for sale on Google and the whole fucking world, in the whole world, dude. I used to get... I was 19 years old, 19, almost 20. And I would get 30 phone calls a day and I was selling $5,000 dogs. And it was just the most ridiculous thing ever. Beautiful dogs, dude, beautiful dogs. And um, let, let, me, let me show you something real quick, man. Let me show you something real quick. So I, 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 I wanted to touch on that because that's where I found out that I had some entrepreneurial greatness in me. You see what I'm saying? Like, you, you know, like I was like, okay, I, I can actually do this. Okay, so here's me, bro. Here's my boy, actually. This is 2002. Okay, let me see if the, the quality comes through. Dogs didn't really look like that, bro, in 2002. Okay, right. that, that was my stud, Don P. Right. So I, I, I can go to the mall, bro, and shut it down. 
Like I could walk into a mall with this and you're gonna look at this before the Lamborghini. Like this, this is a 110 pound dog, 26 inch head in 2002. I bought this dog um, for a still, it's $5,000 for co-ownership. So these are some of my dogs. Here's the same dog, Don P. You can see he's a big, big boy. Yeah, so I started, I, I just became an expert at dogs. I actually knew that industry as good as anybody. I knew all the pedigrees, all the bloodlines, all the owners, and that happened, okay? Do you, to, to pause real quick, is do you yeah. remember, <clears throat> I feel like all entrepreneurships, doesn't matter what, what industry yep. you're in, you always remember your first deal and the oh, yeah. first time. Walk me through, you know, what, what, that, what was that was like? Yeah, so I had some puppies, dude, and I, and I started buying some dogs. And I sold like, like my first puppy, it was like 1800 bucks. The dude like wired some money on the internet. And, and, and it was like, it, you know, I had a couple hundred bucks and then I had 1800 bucks on PayPal. And I was just like, no fucking way. I was like, we're doing, I was like this shit. I was like, I knew I moved up here for, I was like, this shit's real. I was like, it, it was over. I was done. That was it. It was, it was over. I was like, yeah, that's it. And, and were you Dr. still Brown. being a, a, a loan officer? Was that like simultaneous? Or, or oh, no, I left. Like, I left. You left already. Okay. Yeah, I left that. Yeah. So I did the loan officer thing for about a year. Okay. And I bounced. Let me, let me, let me back up to the loan officer thing. So there's this dude that used to, you know, be next to me and he was like 30. He's like, dude, what are you doing? And he used to be like a little real estate guy, a little real estate investor who was on the night shift with me. He's like, what are you doing? And I was like, man, I'm fucking, dude, I'm about to start a little dog business, bro. Click, 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 look, $5,000 puppies. He's like, what? He's like, you're going to do that? I was like, yeah. He's like, do you think I can get involved? I was like, hell yeah. I was like, what are you thinking? He's like, I have a lot of money. Like, do, do you know what to do? I was like, I know exactly what to do. So that dude kicked me off and we bought a, he bought a fucking ranch. He bought a ranch in three hours north of, of uh, you know, San Diego in the mountains and you get, you know, putting some money to fund some of these dogs. So that it was just, it was like timing and it just all lined up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that happened. So now I'm 20 years old. I just turned 21 on the ranch. I know I just turned 21 because I went to go buy a beer the day before I turned 21. The dude turned me away. I was like, oh, come on, man. Come on, stop playing. So I ended up coming back. So I'm 21 years old. I go to a small town. Listen to me in the in the mountains, small like the, the strip is. It looks like the, the looks, there's like a saloon that looks like a little western bar, you know, yeah, small yeah. little quarter mile strip, right? You know, it's like I walk in with my homies when they're visiting me, and the fucking music stops. You know, <laughs> man, it, it like these are, these guys ain't supposed to be in this little ass town. So I'm I'm uh, in this little town, and I used to be really buff. And I got fucking 18 pit bulls and I'm wearing my white beater and I'm fucking playing my Tupac on loudspeaker. The neighbors, even though I lived on a ranch and they were farming, the neighbors hated my guts. They're like, we don't want this in our town. The sheriff is showing up to my, to my crib every other week, like real shit. The sheriff is always coming to my house and saying there was a report about something, okay? Some harassment shit. On one random day, my dogs, they get into a fight. Okay, I want to be very clear. The dogs they had are show dogs. We don't fight dogs. We love dogs. They get in a fight. Sheriff shows up, throws me in cuffs. And I, 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 I get arrested. Okay. Fucking just, I'm in the back of the, the car. I'm going to the jail. I'm getting booked. I feel bad about myself. I'm like, 
man, I changed my life. I became a good person. I'm doing something productive. I'm, I'm doing something I'm passionate. And even then, still, I got bad luck. He's called me the bad cl black cloud because I used to have bad luck. You know, just I could not get things to go right for me, even when I had a little bit of taste of a win. Okay, just things went bad for me. The black side is just like, man, this is my fate. So the charges get dropped, but I'm in jail for about two and a half weeks. The charges get dropped. My cut, my customers send testimonials and, and I, I get released, but I'm in jail for two and a half weeks. I can't stay in Fraser Park anymore. It's, it's too, it's too hot. So I go back down to San Diego. I don't know where to, I don't, I don't have a place to put these, these dogs. There's 18 of them. So I start placing them in homes. I got these expensive ass dogs, but I'm just like, let me just, I love the dogs. Let me just make sure they're taken care of. I start placing them. Boom, 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 boom. I find a local guy that can hold my expensive ones. And that it just, it starts to fizzle out. I, I'm 21. I don't have a, a, you know, a place to keep the dogs. I'm on my boys fucking couch and I'm, you know, I'm over my head. So I go back into the corporate world. Okay. I go into the corporate world and um, I, I, I want to tell you about this black cloud thing, dude. Like I just, it's crazy, man. It just, I, that, that's what they used to call me. You know, they, they, they were like, man, he's such a good guy, but fuck, he just has that black hell that fo follows him. Just, you know, get pulled over by the police and I look like somebody and they're booking me and I wasn't guilty. Or, you know, I, I bought a new car and the head gasket blew and the guy disappeared and I just lost $2,800 black cloud. Just that, that followed me throughout my entire 20s. But to be honest with you, that was me. That's, that, that, that was me attracting that. I was looking, that's who I was. I was, mm. I looked in the mirror, yeah, you're the black cloud. Mirror looks back at me. They're like, yeah, you're the black cloud. Grant that man what he wants. There's a lesson to that right there. So um, I go to corporate world and I'm doing a couple of different jobs here and there. Um, I become a, I start working at a staffing agency helping dental assistants. The career college calls me and they're like, hey, this is Rien. We want to place our dental assistant students with your staffing agency. Could you help them get careers? Mm. Me, I'm very high tone, bro. I'm very like positive, very pro. Even back then, I was like, man, I'm your guy. I'm Mike. You won't have to worry about anything. I got you. I'm your eyes and ears. Send them over. I'm helping them all get jobs. She's like, wow, that's, thank you. People don't know the power of a communication line. People don't know the power of a relationship. You know, everyone in the office looking at me like I'm crazy. Fast forward a week later, she calls me. She's like, Mike, I love what you're doing. I love your style. Would you be open to be a, like a career advisor at the college? helping the dental students. I was like, Rand, when do I meet you? I go there. I know the interview. She calls me and um, I'm like, I'm, I'm in my mid twenties. I'm up. I'm in my mid twenties. Years have gone by. How, how long was that between, you know, the last time you sold the dog and then yeah. to, to, to then shit, man, that's about four years. It was like four years. Right. right. And so, so, and so did you make enough money that you saved up during when no. you were selling dogs or, or was that all fizzled out or, or oh that was out that was out no that, that was like getting me by and, and I started working at some dental offices and stuff like that okay you know um speaking of working at some dental offices from like 22 to 24 I was doing some dental stuff I got my website set up to become a dental consultant I got all these dentist stuff that you know I'm learning I'm studying to become a dentist like that's what I'm trying to tell you like it, it, if there's something I'm into, dude, I go, I go deep compared to most people. It's just a gift that was given to me. Okay. So now 
I go meet this woman. I know the interview, you know, and uh, Mike, no guarantees. Okay, here's a lesson. If you ever want to secure an opportunity, I said, Rianne, listen, thank you for your time. You make you make a big claim and you stand for it. I, I want to thank you for your time. It was really a pleasure to you know to meet you. I I I can I can assure you I will be the hardest working, most committed uh, person that you probably ever meet on this team. And uh, if you uh, consider me for this opportunity, you will not be disappointed. And I'm ready to prove that. I say I used to say that when I was in corporate. Every time I got hired, the manager would say, "Okay, Mike, you're not going to disappoint me, right?" It, it's people don't do that shit, dude. People don't want to do that. They don't. They want to be average. Me, I'm like making a big ass claim, and now I got to live up to it. And that's always worked for me. So, anyways, I get a phone call a few days later. I'm in downtown San Diego. My my daughter is. Oh, speaking of that, I took a job. I took a job at this dental office a month prior, and it was like 26 bucks an hour. The dude recruited me. My daughter's about to be born in a week. Guess what? I work there for a month. He lets me go. Black cloud. My daughter is going to be, I, I'm laid off on Friday and I'm, my daughter's going to be born in a week. Like truly, I'm just, again, black cloud. Like my, my young wife, like I'm like, poor her. She has no idea what the fuck is going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. What are we, like what black cloud for all the people that make excuses. I was let go on a Friday. I had a brand new job on a, on a Monday and I started on a Tuesday. I got hired at the staffing agency. I went to the staffing agency to get a job. I made such a good impression. I knew I was making such a good impression. I just pitched like, hey, this would be great to be here. And they ate that shit up. They're like, when do you want to start? I was like, I'd love to start today. And I started the next day. Mm. But I sent out hundreds and hundreds of resumes in like a 24, 40 hour span, literally like 300 of them, you know, like from 6 a.m. to nine o'clock at night on Friday and on Saturday and on Sunday. Okay, so let me let me go back to when I interviewed Rianne. A few days later, I get a phone call downtown. It's her. I told my wife, I was like, I got to pull over. She's like, Mike, I just want to tell you that if I'm not going to be disappointed, right? I'm like, no, Rianne. She's like, well, congratulations on being the newest member of UBI College. I was, sh I was shaking, bro. I was fucking shaking. I'm, 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 it wasn't the same thing as the dog thing. The dog thing was kind of like me as a kid that that was like, let's go after it. Let's let's make this business. This was like medical benefits, dental mm -hmm. benefits, 401k. My daughter is is was just born four days prior. You know, like it was like security. And for me, and like for you, and for anybody watching, people need people need a game to play. You have to have a game to play. If you don't have a game to play in life, you're gonna fucking die. You're gonna fizzle out. I, some some person plays the game as a victim. Some person plays the game as the champion. Some people play the game as the fucking winner, whatever it is. I knew I had a game to play. I knew I could become the number one advisor. Then I knew I could be the number one director. And then I knew I could be a campus president. And then I knew I could, I, I knew that. I, 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 I interviewed with them, bro, and I researched the whole company and the whole organization and the whole industry. I already knew. I was like, dude, it's over. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm going to go kill it. So I start this job as a career advisor. And you were and 20, 26, 27? 25, 25. 25, 25. Okay. Yep. So it was everything I thought it was going to be and more. It's the fucking craziest thing, bro. I'm like in my blazers with a tie and I got people knocking on my cubicle and they're like, hey, Mr. Barrett, do you think I could look up uh, 
you, you can look at my resume. I, I get done in a week. It was the most fulfilling fucking thing ever because I love people. Mm. Before this, though, in my family, in my friends, I was a guy who was like, dude, you could be successful. Hey, let me look at your resume. Let me show you how to interview. Let me show you how to follow up. Let me show you how to get. It was just a, a natural thing for me. Let me back up a little bit more. In my teens, I have a little brother. One, one is seven years younger than me. I'm, you know, I want to be this tough guy gangster. When people would mess with him in the neighborhood, I'd go there and go check him out or go check him. And when I was young, all the, all the, all my little bros would come to my house and watch UFC and watch football. I'm like Robin Hood. Like I, I beat up the bully, but I take care of the people that you know are cool or not. You know, not trying to act so tough. So just that being who I was now I'm in a position where I can help all these damn students, bro. It's the best thing ever. Right. I become the number one advisor in the whole company within the second month, 2011. Okay. Over a decade ago at the very wow. top right there, I got 20 people jobs that month and I'm number one out of 250 people, 18 campuses all across the country. I'm best of the best. Got the plaque. They they sent me to the damn yacht cruise to go see the CEO, the other executives. I got white linens on, looking like P Diddy, and I I become the number one guy. And I'm at that company for twelve months, and I never lost that spot. And, and so, would you attribute that to your hard work or your drive, or was it something? Because you know people have been working there for yeah. for for all this time. You come in right. two months, you you jump to number one spot. Right. You must be doing something differently compared to, you know, 99% of the, the, the other employees there. Oh, hundred percent. hundred percent. So, so there were you. Yeah. So there's, there's, and this is what I, I believe. I believe there's two things that one needs to be successful. I don't care what you're doing. I believe there's two things. And those two things are number one, you have to have awareness. You have to have a high sense of awareness. That's like your ability to understand universal law and principle. You know, it's just, you're aware, you know, you could see down the you know, down the road miles. You could see, you know, like one person's blocked in a maze, and another person's like more aware. They could see actually, oh, okay, cool. So you have to have awareness. Okay. That's your knowing. The second thing is you have to have skill. You have to have technical skills. I said you have to have the skills to pay the bills. Ain't nobody paying for fucking average skills. You gotta be fucking Gordon Ramsay in your profession. Like you gotta be fucking surgical with it, right? So I tell you that because um, my skills were higher than everybody. It, it just, it, it was, it was very evident. I was, I was, when I went to the dog stuff, I, I found out I had some gifts. I have, I've had them all along, but when I started the dog thing, I found out, I was like, damn, dude, I'm the number two in the whole fucking planet. Damn. You know, the number one draft pick in the NBA bought a dog for me. And I know how to converse with him and, and be mature. I found out I had some gifts. I, I just knew I had a lot of talent. And then uh, another thing is, dude, you got to work like a fucking, like, I, I, I get information from people that are doing more than me. So there's a book, it's like the four hour work week. That's mm -hmm. fine. I'm like, what does Elon Musk say about work? And Elon Musk is like, if you're not doing like 90 hours a week, forget about it. If you do 40 and I do 90, I've, I've done twice the work you've done in a year. So I'd rather go get information from Elon just to make sure I'm doing the right shit. That's how I receive information. Who's saying it? What's their validity? What are the results? Does it make sense? Yes, that's that's gravity to me now. That 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 is law. So that that's information I got. So I was working harder than everybody. I don't. I didn't take no lunch breaks. I didn't go to the restroom. I didn't talk to my wife during 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 production hours, and I worked evenings and I worked Saturdays. Most people are more 
concerned about their chicken sandwich in Subway than they are about fucking being the number one producer. Me, I was more focused on being number one so I can help more people. And number two, I can get promoted. And if I get promoted, I get more responsibility. If I get more responsibility, I get more pay. And I can get a nicer car. You see what I'm saying? 100%. I don't can take lunch breaks, dude. For what? What are you take a lunch break for? Unless it's gonna, unless you're creating something. I'm gonna go take a lunch break to go meet this successful person and go create, you know? So I was working harder than everybody, dude. And, and uh, at this time, I found personal development. Uh, I have the book over there. And uh, the first book I read on personal development, 25, 26, it's called, you know what it is, How to Win Friends and Influence People. I get that book and I was just like, I need more, I need more. My, my, my friend Keisha gave it to me, hmm. changed my fucking life, okay? And uh, it, it opens me up, teaches me how to deal with people more. I start going to YouTube, YouTube's starting to pop off. I find Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone, Eric Thomas, um, a, a, another big name for me that not a, pe- not a lot of people know is Hector Lamarck in the financial services industry. Okay. And I get obsessed with the shit, just like I was with the dogs, just like I was with the, the career advising, just like I did with the dental, just like I did with the Mortal Kombat. You see what I'm saying? And I'm like, I, I get so obsessed on personal development where I know where I'm from in this city, I was doing more personal development than anybody in the whole city. And I'm saying that to be polite because I really want to say I was doing more fucking personal development than anybody on the planet, but I want nobody to feel bad. Okay. <laughs> so I'm talking about, I turned my car into a university and it wasn't fucking Snoop or Pop. It was fucking Grant Cardone and it was Tony Robbins and Holton Bugs. And it was, it was Will Smith, you know what I mean? And that's just playing all day. I'm waking up to it on Bluetooth. I'm showering to it. I'm going to sleep with ear pods or, or the, the headphones I had at the time. And, you know, on that. I'm taking a hot bath with fucking, you could be great. You could be a millionaire. You could be successful. And, I'm, and I start going to like network marketing events, but never signed up. So my mind starts shifting. Hmm. My mind starts shifting. I eventually become a director at, at a different college. I got recruited. You already know. I become number one course number one in the whole fucking company everybody knows like i slap after that i become a a regional where they start shipping me out to the different colleges how old were you then shit dude i was like 27 26 uh let me see let me look at it i was like 27 dude i I was i was so fucking good at this dude i wanted to start my own business just to teach other schools Mm -hmm. i was number one bro nobody could touch me like I was like here and the second person, the whole organization was like here, like I, in this industry, I shouldn't say this, I believe in Jesus, but I could walk on water in that industry at what I did. That was incredible. Just telling the truth. And how was the paycheck like for, for the, the reward to, you know, I wasn't shit. It wasn't shit for me. Um, I was happy though. Just North of 50 K mm-hmm. 2010, you know, 2011, just North of 50 K, you know, I got up to like 60 K. Uh, as a director, 62K. But then, but then I got to a point where another college found out about me and they're like, hey, we heard you're the best in the business. We have a situation where we're in trouble. They're, they're transparent. We're not getting enough students, students jobs. And uh, you know, if we, if we don't get them jobs, we're gonna lose our accreditation because we have government funding. 
you can't bring in students and not get them placed because yeah. it's, it becomes a scam. We need to get up to 70%. You're, we hear you're the best guy. Are you up for the challenge? A couple other things were said, you know, in that conversation. I was like, dude, fuck, I'm walking water in this shit. Let's go. I didn't say it like that, but that's what I said. So I get a job as a president. I'm like 28 years old as a campus president, six-figure income, bam. Mm. My career goal at that time at when I started education was to become a campus president. I could have been a 58-year-old man, a 62-year-old man about to retire. And I would have been like, if, if you made me a campus president, if I earned, I would have been set. Like I'm successful. I achieved that within three years in the industry. Unheard of. Go look it up. Okay. And this is your for-profit education, medical assistant, dental assistant. You know what I mean? The daytime television, like, hey, I'm going to Kaplan Career College. Come yeah. on, Lupe. Okay. <laughs> so you, you know what I'm talking about, dude. Okay. Shit's all like Ellen. Okay. When yeah. fucking everyone's at home and they should be working. That's why they're marketing to their ass. Got to get their ass to work. Anyways, so uh, I become a campus president. Skies have parted. You know, the skies have parted. Sunny, sunny, you know, fucking skies. I got a fucking BMW 5 Series. You know I mean? Which was the shit. Like, I was like fucking killing it, you know? Even though I was like used. And I bought it like three years older. Six months later, bro, the campus closes. And I was, I took the risk. And the, the accreditation, we don't get it. And I'm unemployed. And uh, guess what? Black fucking cloud. Okay, I'm going to speed up a little bit faster. I ended up taking a job as a valet manager. As a valet manager. Uh, one of my boys was in HR and I didn't have money to pay for. I lied. I got, I got laid off on October, uh, April. It was tough for me to go back into the job market. This is 2014. Hmm. It was tough for me to go back in the job market. I was overqualified for my other position. I was underqualified competing against other campus presidents. This dude got a PhD. This dude's been in the game 20 years. This dude fucking doesn't look like me. That's for sure. So it was, I was in a, in a tough spot. I told my wife, I want to start my business. I start my website business going back to my dog, my dog years, right? SEO. I do that. I'm getting unemployment. I'm getting by. I'm not making that much money, but I'm getting by, especially with unemployment. It's October, November, and Christmas is up in December. I'm like, fuck, I don't even have money to pay for gifts. I take a job in ballet. I start doing that. I hate it. I can't even look in the fucking mirror. I, I, I'm, I'm about to go to work and I'm just like, I, I, you're, you grew up to be a valet driver. So that must have been super tough mentally. To- bro, I can't, bro, I can't even fucking, I would work and I would go hide in the car, in the uh, parking garage. I would hide. Nobody can find me for eight hours. Tony Robbins calls that loss of identity. Campus president, unemployed the next day. Valet driver shortly after. It, it, it's Fuck, dude. It's, it was hard, bro. I was destroyed. I didn't like myself. I didn't have no confidence in myself. It, it, it's the black cloud. You get it? The black cloud. It, boom, it hit again. Fuck. So it was tough, bro. I, it was, that was a rough stint for me, 2014. I'm just telling the truth. So I'm still watching Grant. I call Grant. And I'm like, hey, here's the situation. I've had this fall from grace. No one's trying, no one wants to hire me. You know, I'm doing this shit. I'm doing that shit. And he's like, bro, you need to get into it's on YouTube somewhere. I have to track it down. I was live. I called the fucking dude. It was before he blew, you know, he was kind of low key. 
He's like, you need to get in a vehicle that ha- that could actually channel your horsepower because I could feel it. You got horsepower. I was like, what are you thinking? He's like, dude, come to Miami. I was like, what? He's like, come to Miami, come sell for me. I was like, what do I got to do? He's like, get in touch with Jared, call my office. I fucking call the office. I speak to Jared, his VP. That was a Thursday, bro. I was in Miami on a fucking Tuesday. And I'm, 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 I, I, I went over there and I told my wife, I said, hey, listen, I'm gonna go check it out. I'm gonna go fucking acquire these skills and I'm gonna start my own business after two years, but I'm gonna go learn from the fucking best. I went there, dude. I got my teeth kicked in for the first time. At, at work, I was around people more skilled than me mm-hmm. that were fucking uh, possibly even harder working than me that were just better looking than me. Fucking more. It was, it was, I was like the number one guy in corporate, even though I had this little valet thing. I was the number one guy in corporate, like the number one guy in high school. Then I went to college football and I wasn't shit. And I blew out in three and a half months. Okay. I come back down to San Diego and I relaunched my website business. And I was never the same. I had a record-breaking month every month for 18 months. I get up to like 50 grand that first year a month. The stuff I was learning at, at GC's office was hitting me six months later. What do they say? When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. I was getting the information, but I wasn't there. My mind started to fucking open up. So I was getting the information. I was like, I was having these cognitions like, fuck, what? That's what he said in the, in, in the damn elevator. Holy shit. Fuck, that's what he said in the in the morning. Like it was hitting me, bro. I just all the information was coming. So, you know, you fast forward a little bit more. Um, how how long were you working at uh, GC's place? Dude, three and a half months, bro. Three and a half months. Yeah, that's 2015. Okay. You know, I'm 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 back here in April. I come back in April and everyone's like all proud of me, and I'm gonna go see the guru guy. No one even, no, my, no one knew I, I came back. Cause I was like, like the ostrich. I fucking put my head in the damn hole. It just, I was embarrassed. I was a failure. So um, I start my website company. I start coming up. I start making money. Um, I start doing my, my ad agency with trainers and gym owners. You know, I got a couple, two common clubs in the back. I actually have more. Uh, I got a, I got a $10 million funnel. I need to go collect my two common club of X. And, um, you know, it's been up, it's been down, it's been up, it's been down. Um, got up to started hitting six figures a month in 2019. So one step uh, back, which is uh, yeah, yeah. The, the website. Um, when you left GC, you started your website company. What was that? Fo- what was that yeah. company's focus? Like, what were you doing? How were you getting yeah. clients? And, and what was the, the details on that? Yeah. So dude, I, I, even, even though I learned some shit from GC, I had, I had a company called affordable dental Lens. Okay, so I would fucking build your website. I would do the SEO. I would do unlimited updates. I'd probably give you a hand job and crow all across the city to go pick up a fucking $35 check. And I'll do it all again next month. So that's what I was selling to small business owners. Hmm. The, the concept was, let me get hold all these guys and let me just get these like passive occurring income because they're not going to really mess with the updates. They're not going to bother me. So it, it didn't really work too much. But then... Uh, I started selling the websites for like 600 bucks to a thousand bucks, pretty decent looking websites, but I built them on Wix. So anybody can kind of do it, but I have like a artistic eye. So mine's were like gorgeous. Yeah. I started building those for like a thousand. And then I started charging like a hundred bucks in recurring. So I did the website business from 2015 to 2017. That business got up to just shy 50 K a month. 
and, and were then, you already hiring people to, to help you out with this that and other or were you kind of just yeah. really lean no so so there was a guy next to me they called him nick legend you may want to get him on this on, on this called nick legend nick pena and he used to sit next to me at, at grants and he was kind of a more quiet guy when i met him and he was the youngest guy i was 27 28 nick legend was 21 he didn't really talk that much so he started, he, he showed up like a week or two before me. So I was like, if this fucking fool can do it, I can fucking do it. Cause this ass don't even know how to talk. So I'm going to kill it. Okay. So one day um, I get hit up by uh, Grant's sales director. His name is Heath. Heath just hit me up today. And he's like, Mike, I heard you used to wrestle, man. I was like, yeah, man, fuck, you know, I'm wrestling, bro. How about you? He's like, oh man, I wrestled, wrestled in the military too. I was like, no shit. He's like, were, you know, were you, I was like, were you good? He's like, yeah, I was, I was good. But I wasn't good as Nick. I'm like, Nick, he's like, yeah, Nick, Nick. Nick is just next to me in the boiler room. He's like, yeah, Nick, Nick fucking is, is, a, is a legend. So I go up to Nick and I said, hey, man, he told me you used to wrestle, bro. I used to wrestle. I was like, well, the top dudes in San Diego. He's like, yeah, I wrestled. I was like, were you good? He's like, I was decent. I was like, what'd you do in state? He's like, oh, I won twice. I'm a four-time placer. I was like, what? What are you talking about? He's like, yeah, I was the number one recruit out of the nation uh, my senior year. And I won state twice and placed four times. I was like, get the fuck out of here. I go look up that dude. When I looked him up back then, he was one of the top 25 most decorated wrestlers in the history of California for the last hundred years. There's a fucking website on it. I was like, no fucking way. So I started getting intrigued by him. I was, all, I was on UFC and wrestling. I'm like, I was like, okay, this dude has greatness in him. Like if, if you could become a world champion wrestler, oh yeah, there's heart, there's courage. Like you could personally, like that could be applied towards creating a restaurant. That can be applied towards sales. That can be applied towards being a good dad, whatever. You got that that actual gift to be great. So a couple of days go by after that conversation, and he's like, Mike, I heard you build websites. You know, this is after I I, I actually I was doing a little bit of websites. Uh, before the the you know the valet and all that shit, I was yeah, like, yeah, you can build websites. He says, he's like, hey, bro, uh, do you think you like you can teach me? I was like, fuck yeah, just like Rianne, hell yeah, whatever you need, I got you, bro. Okay, same exact thing. Most people go like, well, let me look at it. Well, I'm not sure. Well, I'm kind of busy. You, you stop closing doors to opportunities, dude. Make it be on your terms. I got you, hundred percent. I let's do it. And if it checks out, great. If it doesn't, okay, it didn't check out, but. People, people create stops for themselves. Yeah. And they need, to, they, they need to let flows happen. Okay. I just got a call right now from a guy uh, who did $150 million last, uh, last year. He wants to do coffee with me. And he's my, one of my lenders. And he's going to help me make fucking an additional $200 million a month. You got to let it flow. That just happened right now. So, anyways, Nick says, Could you teach me how to do it? And I was like, Bro, of course. So he's like, meet me here in Miami. I live in this famous building. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say that part, but he lives in this known building. And come over Saturday. And uh, you know, do you work? You, you want to work out? I was like, no. Well, let's just do business. So I'm going there with what intention? I don't know. Just trying to see what's going to go on. I'm going to make him a partner. I'm going to make him a partner because this guy has greatness in him. And I know that two is better than the fucking one if you got two good people. So I go there with that full intention. And I say, Nick, I can teach you how to do it, bro. But I already have a whole, you know, several accounts. And uh, I got a better idea. What's your idea, Mike? Dude, 
why don't we, you and I partner up? We'll do this shit together. I'll show you everything I know and we'll just freaking crush. He's like, I'm in. I already had deals lined up in Miami when I was in San Diego. I knew I was going to go to Miami. So I start, I start calling a whole bunch of uh, rappers like uh, Scott Storch, the producer. And it was like, um, it was, uh, who was it? Like people in Miami, Trick Daddy. And I start hitting up all these people in, in, in Miami. So I had a deal lined up with the record label and it was already closed. So I went there to the deal. As I brought a $12,000 contract. I go there with Nick. I just closed Nick on being my partner the day before. I go, I go with Nick. They sign the damn contract. It's a $12,500 contract. And they give me fucking cash. They give me a sum of cash. Not all of it, but it's going to be paid out in like two months. So they give me, I believe it's like $2,500 on the spot. And we walked away. And he's like, what the, f-? I was like, bro, come on, man. I'm trying to tell you. I do these website shit. This, this is how we do it, man. So I basically gave him half the money for no reason. It was an investment to make it real. If you have a sales guy on your team, the quicker you can put money in their pocket, the quicker it becomes real. Hmm. If they don't make no money and, and a long, long time goes by, they blow out. If they start on day one, they make money. They're like, fuck, let me go back for day two. So I knew that even back then, I was like, let me just invest. I got to hang up that damn, I got that. Uh, I need a frame. I have a frame. I need to pull it out. But uh, that was my first big deal. And uh, that's how I made Nick become a partner. So I go back to Miami. Nick stays at GCs for about seven, eight months. And I'm just signing up websites after websites after websites after websites. I'm dripping on his ass. Nick, get your ass out to San Diego. Nick, get your ass out to San Diego. Nick, get your... He finally... It's 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 the hike holiday season. November now, 2015. And he's like, Mike, I'm ready. He's waiting for some deals to fall. He sends me his Mercedes. I'm driving it for a week. And I, and I tell my wife, I'm like, hey, uh, my guy Nick's going to move to San Diego. We need a house for, for a week. After that, he's going to get his own place. You know, my wife's not crazy like me. She's like, I don't know. I don't think it's a good idea, you know? So I kind of like convince her to do it. Nick comes down to San Diego. He's on my couch and we're running a website business. He's like, Mike, we need to get an office. We need to get an office. It was like the biggest, like, how much is an office? 500 bucks? Damn. And he got to put 500 bucks down? Nick, do you really want to pay 500 bucks a month, bro? You know how much money we could be saving? It, like, let me sleep on it. That's that's how small the think was back then. We end up getting, I'm like, oh, man, all right, let's get the office. Fuck. So we get the office and uh, he's living in the damn office. He's showering at the gym and he has a couple of his old friends from network marketing that come down to San Diego that join. And his little brother joins, who's now my partner to, that, to this day, who just came back. And we start building up a fucking team and we got you know eight people on the the phones and let me show you something dude let me show you something real quick um and we're just hustling dude we're in the office till 10 o'clock at night we're doing drills 11 o'clock at night you know we're listening to fucking motivational tapes and we got all these people coming to san diego that want to be part of this great thing that we're doing and that goes on and we break records for a year and a half and then it came to the point where it wasn't enough we were, we were, we were, we were barely getting by. Watch, I'm going to show you something. One second here. Let me show you something. Here's my first 18 months in business. That only shows 12 months. 
Okay, that says 2016. Yeah. So we're just crushing. That's the merchant account, by the way. That's uh, Square. Yeah. You know, so it's 2017 and me and Nick part ways. I'm like, fuck. We, we graduated a couple offices since that time. So I bought out the company. I gave him like five Gs. Okay. And he, he, he goes off. And I start, I, I, you know, Billy Jean? Yep. Okay, Billy Jean. I just spoke to him recently. I was like, hey, bro, I bought your first course, bro. And I make over a million dollars a month now. Just want to give you some love. Holler at your boy. And he's like, man, yeah, for sure. So I bought a Billy Jean course and run Facebook ads. This is when the shit got super, like, it's 2017 now. And ClickFunnels, like, I, the Russell Brunson is kind of getting yep. popular. Dan Henry. Yep. You know what I mean? And I, and I was like, fuck that. This is it. So I get his course. I set up a funnel and some ads for a gym and it explodes. I get like fucking 95 cent leads <laughs> and the gym owners was like, I love you. And I, I was like, okay, hold on. I have something here. I signed up another gym. The same exact thing happens, but better. So now I got these $2,000 retainers. These, that, you're, you're smiling because you probably experienced something similar back then too, especially. So I start, I go into the gym space and I have all these fucking tr- these gym owners and I'm getting a shit ton of leads. I'm teaching them how to sell. Mm. I got that company up to six figures. I got that company up to six figures a month. So I'm doing that. And I start building up my team. I start building up my team again. And uh, I, I mean, you know, I've become, I would say a well-known marketer in the fitness space. And I'm buying a gym two, recently, year and a half ago. Year, yeah, year, almost a year. Yeah, let me see. Yeah, a year and a half ago, a little more. And I'm doing that. Okay, so that thing's going on. Okay, I'm living in a luxury apartment and I got a brand new Mercedes Benz and, you know, like I got some fresh gear and fucking we eat what we want. And you fast forward to 2019 and, you know, I'm, I'm got this nice office and got a whole bunch of internet kids that want to be mentored by me. And, you know, like it was, uh, it was great. So now here's a pip, and I'm, I'm, there's some st- shit that's happened recently that's changed a lot. But there's a, there's a, in 2017, there was a pivotal thing that happened. There's two things that happened. Nick, my partner, Nick Legend, we split. He goes in, he, he moves to LA and partners up with somebody. Six months later, okay, this is July 2017. 2018, he's in the Hollywood Hills. He has a brand new I-8. There's fucking a McLaren in the driveway. All these pretty Instagram chicks. All these young, good-looking dudes. I'm just like, what? the fuck is he doing and what am i doing wrong like what what am i doing wrong like what how did we just part ways and he blew up okay he's you know he shows me his bank account and shit there's like 100 grand in the bank account and i was like motherfucker what is going on here so he uh that that happened and uh he 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 hit me up one day and he's like mike i want to help you He's like, I want to, I want to help you. And I don't want to leave you behind. And you're so gifted. You're so talented. Like, let me introduce you to some of them, uh, you know, my coaches and some of my mentors and dude, I want to partner up like whatever it is. I'm like, Nick, why bro? Like, why would you do that? He's like, Mike, you've always been a, a stand-up guy and you never did me wrong. And you, you never burned a line with me. I've never did that with you. And I want to help you. I was like, damn, bro, that's fuck. That's deep. So I went to go see him in Beverly Hills and he helped me tweak a couple of things in the business. And uh, we part ways and he says, he says something to me 
in 2018, he says, uh, he says, Mike, actually, let me hold that. He says something to me in 2018. Okay, I'll tell you what he said. He goes like this. He says, Mike, you, like, he's like, what, what do you do when you go to, like, Foot Locker? It's like, I buy, look for shoes. He's like, what do you do, though, after you grab the shoes? I was like, I try them on. He's like, no, no, before that, um, I see if they have, you know, availability with the salesperson. No, no, before that, dude. He's like, ah. You get the shoe and you look at the price, don't you? I was like, yeah. He's like, why do you look at the price? I just want to see how much that shit costs. Why? Because I want to see if it's really expensive. Why? Because I want to see if I can fucking afford it. He's like, okay, stop right there. He's like, do you think God put you here on this planet to say you can't afford $175 Jordans? I was like, hold on, hold on. I was like, what? He's like, do you think God created you and put you here and said, Mike, He's tapped out. He can't afford $175 Jordans. Get the cheap ones. You got it. He's like, the thing with you, you talk this big thing on the internet that you're, you want to be, you're successful and you're great. And you think with all this shit and you talk with abundance, mm-hmm. but the way you move in the physical universe is not of abundance. That's called limitation. So for me, I've learned some stuff from mentors in the last six months. I walk in full locker. I know it's not a million dollars. I get the ones I want, not the ones I think I can't have. Oh, those shoes are nice. I get it off of what I want. And I'm not a fucking slave to that dollar. I was like, I was like, hold on, Nick, hold on. You're fucking me up right now. He's like, you go to the restaurant. You go to the restaurant. You, you look at the menu. What do you do? I was like, fuck, man. I checked the price. He's like, exactly. Why? It's the same thing. He's like, once you can get over your fucking issue, you have with money because there's a big block there. Once you can get over that shit and just operate and get what you want, He's like, the money's going to come flowing. He's like, I'm not telling any idiot to go just spend blatant money on bullshit. But you, you're a little bit more in alignment and you just have to get rid of this block. That day, bro, I fucking started getting what I wanted. I started getting the shoes. I, I stopped saying, I don't worry about $150 Jordans, bro. I, I made fucking almost $100,000 today. I'm not kidding you. And I, that was... That motherfucker right there, dude, that, that fucking conversation I had on my balcony changed my life. And that's the part where it ties into the removing counter intentions. Yeah. hundred percent, bro. That's, but people really got to understand that at a real level, not through fucking words. Cause I've been saying that shit since I got on, uh, you know, Bob Proctor and Grant Crow in 2000 when I was 26, but I didn't really move like that. Okay. So here's a lesson like this. Here's a lesson. This is what I tell people. Someone wants to buy my program. Someone wants to buy your program. Someone wants to, you know, join your, 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 your agency. Someone wants to join Bill and Jean's agency. First fucking thing, they go like this. Well, what's the guarantee? Well, how do I know if this works? Well, what if it doesn't work? Well, what's the refund policy? The fucked up thing is people are going to swear up and down. They want to make multiple six figures. They want to make six figures. They want this lifestyle. They want the beautiful spouse. They want to be great. And when it comes time to like money, it's like, well, what? What's the guarantee? Dude, it's a 97 fucking dollar product. You're, you're like, you will never get here shrinking on that 97. It, it won't fucking work. So what I found is it's all the same shit. It, the, I can play the game eating dirt. I can play the game here or I can play the game up here. Mm-hmm. It's the same fucking thing, but you just add a zero and there's more risk and there's more reward. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to play fucking down here. There's other shit I need to overcome to fucking play even higher. Dude, I was working later when I was broke. 
Okay. And I'm, I'm dude, don't get me wrong. I'm up every day at four 30, but I'm at the gym at my five. I'm fucking hustling. You can't pay me to fucking turn off right now. There's no fucking way. But that being said, I was just playing the game down here. Hey, you want to buy a $35 website? I'll give you a hand job. It's bullshit. I got motherfuckers that are throwing 50 K at me to join my inner circle. And I'm just like, Danica, I don't do inner circle no more. I don't got enough time for that shit. And I got motherfuckers literally trying to give me 50 K in full. And I'm just like, nah, I'm, 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 I'm opening up my franchises right now. So what used to take me an entire year is like, will take me a minute and I turn it away. And I'm not kidding you. I can screen share and show you all my fucking contracts. You know, I, I don't even want to do it, man, but I've made like 50 G since I've been on with you this last hour. Okay. So <laughs> I'm just telling the truth, bro. Like, I, so yeah, you're good. Let me tell you one more thing, Chris. When bro Nick, the wrestler, said when he went to LA and became successful and said the counter tender thing, it, it was over. That was one of the most valuable pieces of data that I ever that I ever received. And it was it was fucking over, dude. I spent about 10 to 10 to 15 thousand dollars of personal development every single month. A, a month. When I was at Grants and they told me that, you know, uh, the card on you was like 20K, I was just like, what? It's, it's, it's nothing. It's, it's just paper. You think your God put you here to say you can't have the shoes or 20? No, it's fucking paper. I got a guy right now texting me who did 150 million and that dude's just fucking free. He's not worried about it. He's creating, okay? There's one other thing that happened to me. And uh, if you've seen the passion for you, you've seen this. This is one of the real shit I know though. So I got a friend named Alex. He's on my team right now. And it's 2017, 2018. He's a, he's a personal trainer by trade. I signed him up for my eight Facebook ad agency shit. He's like, Mike, I want to be in San Diego. Like, I want to come see the family. I'm like, yeah, bro. Yeah, hit me up. So fucking, it's like the weekend now. He's like, yo, Mike, I'm an hour away. I want to see the family. Oh, Alex, I'm not going to be, uh, meet me at the office. The family's sleeping. They're sleeping? It's 11 o'clock. Fucking, Mikey, 30 minutes away, dude. I want to at least go hug your, hug your wife and say hi to Juliana. Me and him have been talking for like six months. So my wife knows him. He's like my, my friend. We talk about success at night. Mikey, I'm fucking 10 minutes away. I I was like, Alex, I already bounced, bro. I'm at the damn office. Like, we'll meet them later. He, his motherfucker couldn't give a hint. He's so, he was so persistent. I'm on the internet wearing wristbands, talk about see you at the top. I'm on YouTube, even back then, talking about you could be all you could be. You could have it all. You could be great, 10X, whatever the fuck I said. And I was living in this little rinky-dink apartment that was old, that was small, that was fucking a thousand dollars, 1200 bucks. And it, it, it did not add up to the words I was speaking. Mm. Long story short, I was embarrassed to show him my house. Cause I didn't want him to be like, what the fuck is this pretender doing? I was embarrassed. Mm. So that we went on, we had a good day. I go and tell my wife the story. I say, Hey, listen, this is what happened to me. I was like, we're starting to make a little bit of money. We got four more than a $1,200 apartment. I want to move into a nice place where we, could, where we can be proud. It's going to be three to four times the rent because I already looked it up. But if, you, if, you, if you're good with this, I will work harder than I've ever worked. 
I will make more money than I've ever made. And we will save more money than we ever saved. What are your thoughts? She's like, you can do that. I was like, yeah. She's like, okay, let's do it. And I was shocked. So we moved into this apartment that was like 3,300, but it was it's fucking sick, dude. Like luxury, 33 ain't that ain't shit in LA. But in San Diego, that's a fucking nice apartment, dude. You know, there's retail, there's a liquor store, there's fucking the coffee shop, there's the, the gym, palm trees. They got a fountain that looks like Vegas. This shit was fucking. Everyone that came, there's a spa there, you know, like a working spa, the cleaner. Everyone that came from my, to my house at that time was like, dude, I feel like you live in a resort. It was a fat ass apartment. Mind you, I would drive through that apartment for about a year when I was living at the old place. I'm gonna live here one day. I'm gonna live here one day. I'm gonna live here one day. Okay. So at that time, that was a big fucking leap to go from 1200 to 3000. So I was telling Omar what I do. We're talking about leapfrog theory. And uh, basically what you do is when you're in alignment, you don't spend money on bullshit. But what you do is you gotta, you gotta realize how great you are. You gotta realize how deserving you are. You gotta realize how hard you work if you do those things. And you got to stop fucking eating dirt. If you want to get the Jordans, you get the Jordans. If you want to move to the nice apartment, you commit to it and you're here and you just fucking jump. Mm-hmm. You're like, fuck, that apartment's so expensive. And you just jump. And now what happens, you, you, if you do the right stuff and you work for it, now that becomes your standard. Mm-hmm. So that $3,200 apartment, that was the shit back then. It's, it, it's not, you, you know what I mean? And, and next time we have another podcast, you're like, Mike, what's up with that Hurricane Evo? I'm like, bro, that ain't, that ain't shit, bro. Your boy got a fucking chair on. That little piece of shit. That's that's what it is. So you got to, that, it, it's those things that I jumped that forced my growth and created a different standard for myself. You know, I used to be tripping on $2,000 jackets. Do you think God put me where I can with $2,000 fucking jacket? I work 14 hours a day. I fucking buy 10 of them today. The fuck, do it again tomorrow. So I don't want to be like, sound like a douchebag or nothing, but I'm just, these are just, it's kind of like yeah. the mental thing. You see what I'm saying? So long story short, um, I become an internet marker. I'm starting to make money, you know, um, storing a lot of fucking money. And uh, in the last two years, I created a new program. It's called Closer Academy. Mm-hmm. It, it catches fire. I got people all across the internet flinging Amexes at my face. I can't, it, I'm talking about seven figures in a month. I, I'm pretty proud of that even though that ain't shit yet i do over 1200 transactions uh, in a month i know that because my merchant account is saying we're doing too much we have to open up a couple more banks and um you know we i pretty much become rich man <laughs> you know overnight success bro <laughs> fucking well, it, took it, a it only took 37 years but 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 listen chris i was making a living and then something just fucking hit, like, like I hit that fucking vein, and I was like, "Wow, yeah, we're we're in, we're in." It, it just, you know, it it just hit. I got a couple more theories, man. I got a couple more theories. Any questions you got, man? Um, I hope I was a good guest for you, man. Bro, that was that was amazing. I essentially just only have one more questions, and if you sure. add on to it, I don't want to run over too much of your time as well. No doubt, man. Uh, but my last question is: If you were to be stripped away from all of your money, resources, and network yep. today, and have to start all over again tomorrow, what are the first three things you would do, and why? Okay, so um, you said 
What, what about my knowledge? You got, your knowledge. you got your knowledge. You got my knowledge? Okay, very first thing, dude. Very first thing. Okay. This is for every single person starting over. This is for every single person that's starting up. The very first thing is you need to actually establish some, some lines, some communication lines. You actually have to actually go back out there. Hey, I'm back in the market. Hey, so-and-so, you know, what's your situation? What's going on? How can I serve you? You would have to do that to fucking every, everybody. You need to go from like invisible to fucking being out there. So you need to go establish a million fucking lines that's out there. So hopefully you and I will have a very tough line. And you know, when you're in LA, we hang out, work out, whatever the fuck we do. You need to go get lines out there. Okay. You have to go get lines. The second thing you got to do is this. You have to make sure you stand out. Every time I join a group, a mastermind, I always just do some kind of weird shit just to kind of stand out. Okay. So like I'm 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 up, I'm getting into new circles now. I was at I was at a rally with all the Lamborghini owners in San Diego. Okay. I'm like look a little bit different than most of them. Okay. And and my story is a little bit different. And I know they got their own shit too. So the guy's about to, you know, break us and we're about to go do the rally. Any questions, guys? I was like, uh, I got one question. They're like, sir, your question. I was like, well, since we're all Lamborghini drivers, what if we see a, a Ferrari driver on the streets? Can we fucking, can we jump them? And everybody starts laughing. At the end, everyone comes up and goes, oh man, I love your joke. I'm not saying you gotta be like, make dumbass jokes, but you gotta stand out. Yeah. So if I started over, I would establish all my lines. I would make sure that everybody fucking knows who I am. Okay, I would find out what these people need. What do you need? How do I support you? What? Oh, fuck, dude. No kidding. Oh, you need to remodel your house? Bro, we can do that. And then I would just fucking do it. That's what I would do. And that that's 100%. I would do that every single time. Brother, it was great having you on the show. I appreciate connecting. For the people that want to follow you or keep up with what you're doing, where's the best place to find you? Yeah. Um, okay. So I know this is for entrepreneurs, up and coming entrepreneurs. This is for people looking to get the next. I just want to say, one last thing, okay. Uh, someone asked me this recently. They said, Mike, what would you tell your 20-year-old self? I'm 37. I would say, think bigger sooner, mm -hmm. okay? If you're putting the work, know that you deserve it and know that your God, whoever your God is, did not put you here to fucking eat dirt, okay? Next thing is this. Um, if you enjoy this, hit me up on Instagram, the Mike Barron one the Mike Barron one Let them, uh, if, you, if you're watching this, make sure that you reference this, this actual, um, this post or this video that's up and say that yep. Chris sent you. If you say that Chris sent you, I'll hook you up. I'll literally give you a thousand dollar training for free. Like I'll give you a program for free, hundred percent. No cash, no us no nothing. Um, and then uh, for all my hustlers out there, man, I'll see you at the top. Appreciate Go you being on brother.